If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Never thought it would have, you know, been in that end of the emotions with just how the game started in all facets. But, you know, I was proud, um, not surprised. You know, it's been one of our strong suits um, to be able to deal with the ups, the downs, and everything that goes with it. Um, Obviously, you know, that was in a, in a different level um, with what happened early in that football game. But, you know, just proud of how we responded even, you know, through our emotions um, throughout, you know, that early part of the game. You know, nobody planned to draw that thing up the way it went. But, you know, we had a sense just from a football standpoint that we were going to get a lot of the junk that we got from them. And, you know, it was just they just happened to execute them all in one drive, you know. And really it came down and we just – Settle them down in in multiple ways, schematically, but as much that emotionally. And um, I thought our guys did a good job of coming together. To follow up on that, Adam, what is the messaging in in that moment to to your group about um, handling emotions? And even for you, like you're dealing with emotions, I'm sure yourself. So I guess how do you go about uh, handling that and dealing with that? You know, you don't. We're not robots, so you can't compartmentalize. Okay, now it's this, let me go into this mode. I think you're trained through it by just how you live your life, you know, and the ups and downs of it all. And, you know, I hate to say you have a job to do because this is still a game for these guys. And, you know, as as high of a level that we play and coach at, you know, you just want to be able to get back to who you are. And uh, that comes down after you get a strip sack fumble. Uh, and that happens when you lose one of your leaders or when you go down in a game that you're highly favored. You know, I think you just you train for that daily, you know, and um, we live in, you know, a way in this, you know, at this level of football and this level of entertainment that, you know, there's going to be negativity. There's going to be high positivity. And you got to try to live in both of those worlds and still operate the same. Uh, which is just a mind on the next step and trying to be better. And um, easier said than done, but that's how we train every day. And so you're kind of built for those moments. Uh, even though you're not prepared for everything that comes, you're prepared how to react to it all. You mentioned the strip sack fumble. Um, was that just something that you guys just needed on the sideline just to um, turn things around a little bit? or How much did that help on the sideline? Yeah, I mean, we called strip sack fumble blitz, and um, it was great that we executed. We save them. There's only a certain number you have. Um, some just happen, but most of them we just call that way. You know, the Clemson one this way is just how we operate. Um, but, you know, it was, you know, sometimes in those games, when you're playing those games, you know, those third downs are pretty um, interesting. You want to kind of, 
you know, you want to attack, you want to be smart, you want to kind of see how the game's going to play out sometimes. Um, and then, you know, sometimes you just know plays need to be made and you just make sure you put your guys in the best position. But then they got to go out and do it. And, um, you know, it was actually a screen set up. They, they had a screen set and our guys did a good job of covering it. So it, it gave, you know, J-Dub the ability to get there in a little bit um, longer extended play. But he made the most of it. Anytime you can get a sack, create the takeaway, but also get on the ball. That was a big time play by him. Coach, I think you kind of have like a, a unique perspective on this, you know, being a defensive coach and, and seeing what happened to Jordan. You know, I guess some people characterize that tackle as one of those hip drop tackles. I know that's something that's been talked about in a lot of football circles as being a play that should be outlawed or looked at. And being a guy that's coaching defense and trying to get guys onto the, you know, onto the field, obviously, to, to tackle them. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? that play specifically, um, and how do you guys go about We don't see you, I don't think, coaching that play, but how do you guys go about yeah, coaching Yeah, I don't know if we've had that situation here on our side of the ball in the four years I've been here. You know, I'm all for making, this is the greatest game in the world um, because of the physicality of it, because of the response necessary, because of the amount of people on the field, the speed that it's played. But I'm all for making the game as safe as possible. Um, no coach, no player wants to see injuries happen during a game. And how do we keep the integrity of this great game of the physicality, the speed, but also make it safe? And I'm kind of aligned in the party of, you know, I want to be forward thinking in how we can do that. Um, because no matter what rules you play, there's still going to be physicality in this football game. It's about moving people back and forth, the space created, the space taken away. And, um, you know, I don't have all the answers to, you know, to how you, you know, fix all the injuries, um, but I am a big advocate of making this game as safe as it can be, um, you know, within reason of how you do the rules. So you're all set up to play a guy that had started a million games, and now you're playing a guy that I think I just looked it up has thrown eight passes in his college career, uh, has run 12 times, or vice versa. Somebody's been on the field very few times. How do you go about game planning for him? Do you go back to like his huddle film from high school? Do you ha do you, would you even think to do that, or is it more about game planning for the Florida offense? And do you expect it to change now that they've got, I guess, probably a more athletic guy behind center? Uh, yes, very very much so. Um, you know, the third and three keeper for twenty plus yards got my attention really quick. Um, but when you're when you're a, a backup quarterback, say, at this level, I mean, you've got skill set. Um, maybe sometimes you just need an opportunity, right? Um, sometimes coaches um, play the guys they think are best, but sometimes it takes an injury or sometimes it takes um, somebody not playing well for that person to get the opportunity. And you really know, don't know how they're going to respond. We will go back, and we've done that. We'll look back at transfers previous schools. We'll look at redshirt freshmen. We'll look at their high school film because the traits of the player are still the traits of the player. Now, how they perform those traits within the scheme, within the environment they're put in, like that's the uncalculated you know, thing that you got to kind of measure. Um, but these guys have had a lot of success running the football. They got two really talented receivers. Um, you know, their head coach is the play caller, so he's been doing it for a number of years. So you take all that into account of how much will change, um, and that's all part of just game planning for this week. I know he's uh, he's not on your side of the ball, but you probably have a unique perspective going up against 
Tate in practice the last few years. I'm just curious, I guess, for your impression of how far he's come and just the progress he's made. Really, it's been more obviously on the practice field than, than on in games. Yeah, I mean, Tate's a valuable member of our team. And uh, he's always been one of the better athletes. You know, you, you see him just playing catch, running around. He's on our hands team. You know, outside of the quarterback play, I mean, he's as athletic and he's got good speed, long, got good hands. Um, but I will tell you this, when his number's been called, he's been prepared. And whether that was in the backup role the last couple of years, you know, and when he's got the opportunity, he's gone in there and he's done the job. We have all the confidence in the world in Tate. Coach Norvell was talking about Florida's receivers, and obviously Pearsall had a really nice game last year uh, here. Um, Renardo didn't look like he was available later in that game. How's that group looking? And, and if you could also talk about Azaria and how he's played the last month or so. Yeah, I really feel like we've had three starting corners throughout the year. Um, obviously, Fentrell and Renardo have been starting the majority, but there's been games where AZ has gotten more playing time than the others. Um, so, you know, just the guys go down and other guys step up. Um, you know, having the ability to have J-Dub have been, been playing nickel and corner. Uh, Greedy's given us valuable time. Um, we've used Kevin Knowles in there at nickel, which allows us to move some guys out. So this is why you build that depth, you know, and you never, you know, hopefully everybody's available. Um, we'll plan for that to be accordingly with Renardo. Um, but if not, or if somebody else goes down, we're prepared for that, those moments. Um, and so, you know, I think Azari has gave us really good snaps. And, you know, if he's out there at corner more times, then it's probably just more plays will be made by him. Um, and, you know, they do have some talented wideouts. And the Pearsall get had a really good first half against us. Um, and, you know, it's important that we know where he is and do a good job with him. Patrick Payton um, probably not getting the sacks he wants during the season, but um, get, has nine batted balls, two in the last game. What has he done so well to, you know, even if he's not getting to the quarterback, impact, if, if impacting the um, you know, pass game? You know, Pat's really intelligent. And, um, you know, just, you know, he plays to the throwing side hand a lot, you know, just on how we line him up. And, you know, we're trying to get as many sacks and pressures with him as we can. He just has a really good sense of timing and pace of play. You know, you see some defensive linemen that just all they see is the six inches in front of them, which is important too. You know, Pat kind of sees through blockers and can anticipate throw lanes, can anticipate, and it helps that you know, obviously he's six five with really long arms, um, and you know he's got a great feel for football, and I think that shows up uh, on that. It was funny early in the year he asked me what the record for most pass breakups for a defensive lineman or. Um, I didn't quite have the answer. Um, I just said, keep doing it, and I'll let you know at the end of the year. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.